Hello, we are here in sunny Galway Island at Avaya's Research and Development Centre. Today we are speaking to new CEO Alan Mazarik about his plans for the business. Avaya has been through a turbulent time of late, but Alan is here with his top senior execs to talk about the product roadmap and the future. Here is what he had to say. Alan, thank you so much for having us here in Galway. My the, pleasure. The heart of Avaya's R&D operations. Um, we're going to have a good conversation today. I'm really, really excited. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to it. First off, tell us, what attracted you to the role at Avaya? Why, why did you take the top job? Uh, so, you know, I've been uh, an insider in the industry for many years, having most recently been Advantage. So I've always been attracted to Avaya. You know, I've always, I've always admired the asset base. You know, this huge customer base, this massive partner ecosystem. Uh, terrific technology underpinning, uh, more than 4,000 patents, many of them seminal in the industry. Um, and of course, the brand, the brand is iconic. And so um, I've always been out, interested from sort of within the industry, but outside the company. And then, you know, I have a particular interest in trying to drive technical transformation, driving companies to the cloud. And I think there's a great opportunity to do that here. Um, even more aggressively than they've done. And then I'm also very focused on uh, sort of organizational structure, cultural revitalization. I think there's opportunities to do that here. And so I've always, I've always believed that our opportunity for future success is um, better than our past performance. Yeah. And so I look at that as a challenge and that's what I've come here to hopefully generate. Fantastic. So tell us about the first you know, two, three weeks of, of yourself being in a position. You know, we've seen you out and about, so you seem to have been flying here, there and everywhere. Yeah. Uh, how's that gone for you? You know, it's been a turbulent time. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's the first sort of initial period been like? Well, I mean, it's, you know, like any, any you know, large job like this, you're sort of drinking off the fire hose. Um, and I've been anxious to jump in and... Um, focus on that technical transformation and that's why I'm here. So, you know, this is my fourth week and uh, we scheduled this session. I've brought much of the senior leadership team so that we can spend time with the engineers and the product leads actually looking at product and sort of understanding roadmap. So I wanted to focus on that. And at the same time, I think we've been focusing very, very actively on the cultural aspects. And so starting on my uh, you know, I started on Monday, August 1st, and on, you know, Wednesday the 3rd, did sort of a live all hands with all 8,000 of ions. Again, trying to set the tone about, you know, something I think about often is, you know, I think leadership is about being open, honest, direct, and transparent. How do I bring that sense of transparency uh, to the entire organization? So try to set that tone right out of the outset. Now, it's a, been a busy time because Clearly, there's been this financial upset given uh, this recent refinancing that was done. Um, and that's created a lot of upset. And it's led to us not filing our 10Q on a timely basis. My belief as I've sort of waded through that, those issues is we'll get through that. Uh, I feel very confident we will. But it, it is a, it's a distracting set of noise. But it doesn't change the fundamental thesis why I came. I think, as I said before, I think the assets are remarkable. Matter of fact, they're, they're irreplaceable. In our lifetimes, we could not create 
something as significant as what Avaya has today. And the areas where I think we can make improvements on technology and this cultural revitalization, that thesis has not changed whatsoever. So we'll get past all the financial upset and then be able to focus more fully on you know those two th those two items. I want, to, I want to pick up on a few things there. The, the, the financial upset. Let's let's uh, let's take that off the list uh, up okay. front. Um, obviously, it's been a, a turbulent time. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, a, there's been a lot of rumors in the industry. You know, where is the focus around the finances right now? Um, you know, everyone's looking at the share price. You know, she's done quite well since you <laughs> since you've been in the, in, in the chair. So congratulations there. Um, how are you going to balance um, you know this, this innovation, this need to invest? With, with the debt load Avaya has, you know, what, what are your plans? Well, I, I think that um, you know, we've, been, um, we've been very public about that we're right-sizing the cost structure, that we'll, uh, we're making changes in the cost structure, um, which, so that my goal is that um, you produce you know, free cash flow uh, in fiscal 23. Um, and there's, there'll be adequate liquidity to invest in the technology roadmap moving forward. It's simply, an, it's, a, it's mostly a, a point of focus. Yeah. And so when I think about uh, reducing sort of workforce to right size the structure, it's not about cutting in areas that are important. It's about getting us aligned organizationally. I, I, tell the, I tell the organization, I go, I'm not asking you to do more with less. I'm ask, not asking you to do the same with less. I'm actually asking you to do less with less. We'll go faster as a company, be more successful, focused, than trying to do things that are overly broad. So um, I, I think those are elements that uh, clearly people get you know, concerned about this sort of noise financially. We're going to get through this. I'm, I'm not concerned about that. Uh, what I'm really trying to stay focused on is managing the company forward, you know, trying to, you know, let's make that, you know, I have this fundamental belief in the opportunity for future success. Let's go grab that. Um, and I'm convinced that's a function of organizational clarity and driving roadmap towards cloud-based products, modern architectures, that's where we need to move and let's stay very focused that way, not get distracted by near-term financial noise or um, investing in areas we shouldn't invest. Let's be focused. We'll be faster. We'll be more successful if we do it that way. Can, can you tell us any areas you know, where that, that cost cutting is specifically going to happen? Um, you know, we're going to see layoffs. We're going to see you know, restructuring. What, what's, what's the, the Well, we, we've been very open about it, that we will, we will have reductions in force. Mm -hmm. Um, the areas that we're focusing on are the areas that, um, you know, things like, you know, the GNA, the infrastructure, um, and then really we're, we're trying to eliminate areas of duplication. So in certain instances, you'll see, you might have similar functions staffed in IT, in services, and in the software products. Um, it just lends itself to being brought together where in the past it was just too overly siloed, and so you had redundant costs. Um, and actually, when you have those redundant costs, those silos work less effectively together. So, you know, the metaphor in my mind I think about is like you sometimes have to lower the level of the lake 
reveal the rocks so then you can deal with it um, and you end up with a more efficient, better aligned, faster moving company. You, you've, you've got to bring that focus and that agility in, and that's what I intend to do. So once we're through this period, um, this restructuring or, or whatever we want to call it, um, are we likely to see some strategic acquisitions? You, you know, you did a lot in your, your previous roles. Um, is that is that in your mind for down the road for a buyer? Well, there's nothing um, sort of um, you know front of mind relative to acquisitions. Obviously, I have been acquisitive in the past in earlier companies. Um, again, broadly speaking, let's focus first on technology roadmap moving us towards cloud-based products, and we're well down that path, but giving us ad, you know, additional focus in that area, and then be very clear on this cultural revitalization. And let me, I wanna double click on the culture side. So there's this um, ambition that we created at my previous company uh, that we named Destination Place to Work, DPTW. How do we create Avaya as a destination place to work? Which means, how do we make sure that Avaya is a place where the most talented in our industry want to come? Um, and the way we've run those initiatives in the past is we've created under this, this sort of umbrella of destination place to work, it's, it's three sort of, you know, sort of supporting kind of pillars to it. Rewards and recognition, culture and growth and development. Um, and it's all about how do you bring the most talented in your industry, create the agility. And so all too often, large companies can get slow and hierarchical and overly top down. While you know, more smaller switched on software companies tend to be more bottoms up, less hierarchical, more innovative, faster. And you want to bring that even to a company of our size, you need to bring that, um, that perspective in. And so this ambition about creating, you know, driving us towards being that destination place to work is really, really important in the whole cultural revitalization. And, you know, culture is a very personal thing. I mean, it means certain things to some and others to other people. But you still have to measure it. And so if you look at all the scores of, you know, voluntary attrition or internal referral. You know, I refer my best friend to be here because I'm a believer. Internal referral, <clears throat> engagement sur surveys, um, you know, lowering regrettable attrition, um, glass door rankings, things like that. At my previous companies, you know, it's a journey. It's sort of a journey without destination, but you do see those moving up and to the right and making things better. And again, it becomes a very positive, self-fulfilling um, effort because, again, you bring in more talent, you have more success, able to attract more talent, generate more success. So that's the intention of what we're trying to do. Have the, the, the staff currently on board, you know, uh, have they responded to these initial sort of changes in culture you're, you're bringing in to so the 8,000 staff on a call uh, yeah. in the early days, uh, which seems quite a departure from the, the previous sort of regime. Um, how, how are the staff responding? I, I think they've responded uh, very well. And it feels, again, it feels to me that, you know, the organization is getting sort of an extra spring in its step. Uh, very, very early days, of course. 
Um, and again, we have to go through some tough times. We're going to do this reduction. <clears throat> but I think that people respond well to that. Um, you know, it's, it's about, I think, you know, so much of this is sort of golden rule. You know, you just, you want to treat others the way you want to be treated. And I think, you know, whether it's in life or in business, the notion of being open, honest, direct, and transparent, which by the way, is not always good news. Sometimes you have to be open, honest, direct, and transparent about bad news, a reduction. But even if you do a reduction, you want to do it quickly, you want to do it equitably, treat people well while they're here. And if you have to ask them to leave, treat them well there as well. So I just think that's the right way to go about that. And you do that in, you know, this sort of environment of true openness. I think people respond well to it. So we're here in Galway, you know, the heart of your, uh, your product development uh, arm, if you like. Yeah. Um, what are your plans for, for the product? You know, we've, we've seen a lot of changes in Navarro over the last couple of years in terms of things coming to market. Yeah. What are your initial plans as you look at the, the product set? Well, I mean, we have, um, you know, you know, first of all, we have in terms of um, the existing product set, again, we have a tradition in premise-based delivery but within our core UC and core CC products, some of the most fully featured products in the world, uh, completely battle-tested, battle-hardened, um, and that drive the communication needs of the largest enterprises, not just enterprises, but also government and governmental agencies throughout the world. So it's an amazing base to work from. But we need to move people increasingly to cloud-based architectures. And again, not all customers at this moment, particularly among the largest enterprises, are ready to go to true multi-tenancy public cloud immediately. But they need to have a, a path. So think of it as innovation without disruption. So you have, take an example, you have an elite customer on our contact center. There's 800 features. It's probably the most fully featured contact center on the planet. Um, incredibly battle tested, um, but has a premise-based architecture. How can I move customers from that base without having to rip and replace anything? No disruption. So innovation without disruption. How do I move those customers? How do I add over-the-top cloud-based functionality, whether it's omni-channel or other elements of functionality, so that the customer, you know, gets the best of where the, you know, where the new architectures can take them uh, without having to go through this massive disruption of thousands of agents and perhaps tens of thousands of employees. Because again, that's the nature of our customer base. Uh, again, so think about innovation without disruption. It is a very important element of what we're trying to drive. So when, I, when I'm here in Galway and we're talking through roadmaps, that's what's in the back of my mind. Okay. I mean, in terms of, of growth going forwards, you know, is it very much the, the subscription base? And you've got a lot of uh, these top enterprise customers is getting those into cloud infrastructure, cloud services. Is that is that where that growth is going to come from? Or, you know, do you see that growth coming from somewhere else? I think that um, the growth products, either selling to existing customers are going to be the cloud products and net new. Um, you know, we as a company have an amazing customer base. Um, we want to add to those customers, and we are. I mean, last quarter alone, last quarter alone, uh, we added about, I think it was 1,400 new logos in, in a single quarter. <clears throat> so um, what's so fascinating about it is you're adding new logos, 
again, in companies of all sizes, so not just enterprises, but then even within the quarter. And so in, the, in this last June, the June 30th quarter, we added 92 customers with contracts with TCVs greater than a million dollars. It just gives you an example of just no one else in the industry has added any any number anywhere any close to ninety two million dollar TCB deals. It just sort of speaks to the power of this enterprise base, and you know, kind of what Avaya can be. We just need to continue to invest in our products, take care of our customers, drive forward. Again, the existing base and new base, and we're going to do just fine. Talk, talk to me about CPAS. Um, you know, you come from a, a, a place where you've got a bit of experience around CPAS. Oh, sure. um, now, what are your plans for Avaya's proposition in this area? Um, is that going to be core for you going forwards? Well, CPAS is absolutely core. CPAS means many different things to, to different people. Um, the, the, you know, the, the title, Communication Platform as a Service. What you're doing is you're bringing programmability, extensibility to your products. Um, there are some in the industry, Vonage, uh, others, Twilio, who have CPaaS where it's really, it's a complete tools business selling to the developer community and they build them into other digital environments. Ours is elements of that, but principally it, it's about bringing programmability and extensibility to our products. Um, and so, um, that's the real focus and that's just good architecture at this point. Things have to be open. You have to create, uh, we're, we're not going to do all elements of communications. There are many partner companies that we have, very important partners, whether it's RingCentral or Varent or Nuance or Microsoft, very, very important, you know, customer, uh, uh, relationships, alliance partners to us. It's about having the open architectures API driven so that we can link in with other ecosystem partners. Um, that's really the essence of when I think about programmability. Yeah. Are, there, are there any plans to, uh, to simplify any of that? You know, we've got uh, you know, OneCloud, Spaces, Experience Builders. Um, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, you know, how we can communicate, you know, where, where will these products sit? Um, you know, is, that, is that something you're looking at? I am. I, you make a great point on um, I'm a big, well, I think naming simplification is important. I, I say often, words matter. Let's simplify. It goes back to some of the initiatives right out of the gate in terms of, I was saying about the, the explanation for the cost, cost cuts. It's about simplification. So when you name things, a bunch of different names and things like that, it just confuses people. Let's be simpler. Um, you know, what's the old expression, kiss? You know, keep it simple, yeah. stupid. It, it just, you know, these old sayings are old sayings because they work. Uh, so we definitely want to do that because I think it just gets confusing. Okay. And talk, talk to me about some of those strategic partnerships as well. You know, you're doing a lot around uh, the Microsoft sort of partnership, uh, obviously Ring Central with ACO yeah. as well. Uh, what's happening there? Are you re reviewing those? Are we going to see any changes or is it business as usual? Well, I think I want to see, um, well, I think among the partners, you know, we've got, I just named them, you know, several really important alliance partners. And my goal anytime in an alliance relationship is how do, you know, how does one plus one equal three? And so I've been in conversations with our, the leadership of our alliance partners already and uh, working through in terms of how we do better together, uh, how we drive more business together, how we integrate more tightly. 
Um, we'll con I'm going to continue to do that. So it's early days, but that's that's the spirit of it, okay. uh, undoubtedly. And in terms of roadmaps, you spoke a little bit about roadmaps already. Are we going to see some consolidation there of, of different roadmaps? You know, what, what what's what's going to happen there? Well, it goes back to the simplification. So yes, the simple answer is if you have an engineering group which is split on too many projects, you're going to do nothing well. Yeah. You have to do fewer, you know, to do it well. And so focusing on the kind of core um, initiatives uh, is sort of the, um, you know, that's sort of the, you know, that, that's the overarching theme. How do you focus on the core? And I like to refer to them as the, the heart, lung, and liver issues. Focus on the, you know, real major points. Do that well. Uh, that's, that's the idea. And again, you know, whether it's naming conventions or absolutely just, you know, focusing your roadmap, it's all about, again, that focus and doing it well. Okay. The, the other product set uh, I kind of wanted to talk to you about was CCAS. So you were seeing a lot of big names, of, uh, big tech brands coming into the CCAS space, sure. Microsoft, Amazon, to name a couple. Um, you know, what are your plans around, around CCAS? Um, do you feel you can still compete on, on that level against these kind of big giants coming into the space? So I'm glad you raised the point about CCAS because I'm enormously um, excited about what we're doing on the CCAS side because um, it's sort of the it's the it's the core of the whole cloud architecture going forward. Um, and, and let me let me sort of I'll tell you sort of my view of of communications overall is. <clears throat> Everything is going, in my opinion, to customer experience. And the strength of CCAS is it's the core of it. And so, um, you know, communication companies themselves, you know, that just may be providing modalities of communication have been sort of extending into customer experience because if you're just providing, you know, the modalities, voice and video and messaging, I think you run the risk of being commoditized. You have to be part of your customer's um, you need to help your customer drive better customer experience. That's sort of the holy grail. Um, and so if you think about the customer experience journey, the contact center functionality, what we used to refer to as contact center, is core to it. And it's not just the inbound from the customer. It really is that whole journey. So take every company. You have outbound to targets. Turn them into qualified opportunities. Then the salespeople get involved, turn them into customer. The customer comes inbound with questions, concerns, billing questions, implementation, what have you. And then you go outbound the customer with your account management organizations to upsell, renew, et cetera. All of those interactions are now omnichannel. All of those interactions need to be captured so that you always know the full life cycle of that relationship from target to customer. The core of that is contact center. And so that's the real crown jewel, in my opinion. We've got more contact center customers than I think anybody in the world. <clears throat> and again, we have some of the largest companies in the world on our contact center functionality. We're now just extending that architecture from its traditional premise base into cloud. That's real, real power here. And I think that's an enormous asset that we can build on. Another uh, big asset and uh, something I'm quite close to is channel, you know, the channel ecosystem, right? Uh, Avive got a rich uh, channel with lots of different partners. 
Uh, what, what has your messaging been to, to the channel, those channel partners throughout this period? Um, you know, what, what changes are we going to see there? So um, we're going to continue to invest in our channel partners. More than 80% of our revenue globally happens through channel. And channel can be uh, from, um, you know, VARs, resellers, DISTs. There's all sorts of different types of channel relationships. But again, 80% of our revenue comes through channel. So we're going to invest very heavily. One thing that I've done <clears throat> is I've, um, I've spoken to as many as I can, the largest one-on-one, -on -one, and then I've actually held you know, big group video sessions mm -hmm. uh, throughout the theaters of the world, <clears throat> speaking to groups of like 100 at a time over the course of the last week. Because one, I want to address the financial upset in the near term, talk about how important they are to us, how I want to get better, how I want to invest in those channels, <clears throat> um, and then hear from them. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm very involved in being visible to the partner community. Uh, I'll be at um, a partner event in Nashville, September 12th. Um, others, you know, uh, uh, kind of around the world. Again, because, you know, it's very, very important to us. I want to be as visible as partner, uh, visible as possible. <clears throat> I want to make sure that we fire back up our advisory panels with our partners, just like with our customers and the big international users group. Because again, as we're setting roadmap, <clears throat> I want to understand the voice of the customer and the voice of the partner who is the one front facing the customer. Can you tell us anything about that early feedback you're getting from those, those partners? You know, it's been very, very positive. And it's been, I have to tell you, the feedback from the partners has been really encouraging. Many of these partners have, Avaya and these partners have had relationships for two decades. Yeah. And we're important to one another's business. And so uh, they're super, you know, super supportive, want to be a great partner. You know, we've had this financial upset. They want to be super supportive in the middle of it. Uh, they've appreciated the openness and the transparency. And, um, you know, again, I've come out of those first meetings. And again, this is all over the world. Uh, feeling very encouraged. I just want to circle uh, back quickly to, to share price. Yep. Uh, obviously, we've been having these conversations with channel partners, with the, the staff. Um, yeah, is, is, is share price in your mind a bit of a distraction at the moment? Is that in front of center of your mind? Or, you know, what are your thoughts around, around that? Share price, share price is not right now in the center of my mind. I mean, <clears throat> um, no CEO, in my opinion, no public company CEO should think about daily, you know, ups and downs of, of stock price. Let's do the right thing. Let's serve our customers well. Let's drive profitable revenue growth, serving our customers and our partners well. Share price will take care of itself. At the end of the day, it's, um, it's supply and demand. You do well, you stimulate demand for your stock. Stock goes up. Uh, it'll take care of itself. Fantastic. Okay, we're coming to the end of the interview. Okay. Just before we leave, I, I want to um, sort of summarize you know, the next six to 12 months. What, what is that going to look like uh, from your perspective, from a buyer's perspective? It's going to be a blur. For, you know, uh, <clears throat> next six to 12 months is going to be about um, getting these roadmaps set, being transparent to our partners and customers with roadmap. I've told in every one of these calls, I've said exactly that. We're going to be transparent with the roadmap, and we're going to be reliable. 
If we tell you that there's going to be 10 features this quarter, you're going to be able to count on 10 features this quarter. <clears throat> I want to build that, that confidence in our reliability. <clears throat> I want to quickly get past the job reductions. That's sort of the, you know, something I want to get through it. I want to do it quickly. And so the <clears throat> balance of the organization just is now moving forward. Um, I'm going to continue to double-click on this notion of transparency, being open, honest, direct, and transparent with the entire organization to drive that culture forward. <clears throat> We're going to get through this financial upset. I'm quite confident. Um, and then I'm going to be very visible. You're going to, I'm going to travel a great deal visiting customers, you know, again, throughout the world, um, doing meetings like this in Galway, <clears throat> meeting with our engineers, Again, it's the best way for me to understand the company and for the company to get to know me, I've got to be out there with our teams. Well, Alan, uh, thank you so much for having us here in Galway. My uh, pleasure. Thank uh, you for making the trip. I wish you the best of luck and uh, good luck clocking up all those air miles. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks thank so you. much. Appreciate it.